This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. What's so funny? Why, Friday Follies, of course, right here on the Mutual Audio Network. (laughs) The following audio drama is rated restricted for anyone listening under the age of 17. Frequent or prolonged examples of adult situations, violence, or coarse language may apply. And welcome back to Starburst, the show that's everything Hollywood and entertainment. Well, we'll be giving you a complete fall movie preview coming up in just a moment. And a little later on, Gavin here will be uh, filling in as our fashion maven as he tells you all about the People's Golden Global Choice Awards. Isn't that right, Gavin? Oh, you know it, Stan. Last night was the big Hollywood red carpet to-do, and all of the stars showed up in their so-called finery. Well, I got together with a few of my gal pals, and we sat down, and we're going to critique all, all of the fashion atrocities that were on parade for the cameras tonight. Back to you, Stan. Yeah, right. What? Nothing. What? What is it? What, what's wrong? You're not really gay, are you, Gavin? What What are you talking about? You don't fool me. Don't give me any of that what? crap that you're gay. I, I am not going to sit here and have you disparage my, my sexual orientation. I am gay. I am 100% queer as a $3 bill. I am not going to sit here and be insulted uh-huh. by you in this way. Yeah. Tyrone? Yeah? Yeah. Uh, Would you come over here for a second? What, what is it? What? Yeah, what is it? Would you mind uh, checking out Gavin here and giving me your considered opinion? And, and what... Considered opinion for. Look at the way I'm dressed. Look at my hair. Come on. I am 100% queer. I'm not going to be stand here and take this. What do you think, Ty? Het? Oh, hell yeah. Straight like a Nebraska freeway. All right. That does it. That does it. Both of you. This is sexual harassment. I am filing a complaint. Where is Ted? Where is the producer? Uh, Ted's up in the booth right there. Ted? Yeah, what is it? Would you mind uh, playing that tape I left in there for you? You got it. Truck Stop Tricks Part 5 coming up. What? Just uh, watch the monitor over there, Gavin. Roll it. Wait, what am I watching? So tell me, what's a beautiful boy like you doing alone at a truck stop at this time of night all naked except for your boots and hat? Maybe I'm just waiting for the right trucker to give me a delivery. Turn around, boy. Here comes my big rig. All right, I admit it. I'm straight, okay? Fine. Yeah, just like we thought. Look, yep. it's just that in some jobs, you're just expected to be a little foofy, okay? God. True enough. Man, I can't believe I just got inned on national television. So what gave me away? Well, you totally set off all straight off. Yeah, better luck next time. Yep. Fine, great. So I guess my career on television is over. Why, good heavens, no, no sir. No, yeah, no. we aren't prejudicial against people just because they have a lack of exotic sexual orientation. Really? Yeah, you've got a nice voice. Try going for the announcer's position. Yeah, read the piece of paper in front of you. Let me see this. September 7th, 2005, you were experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. I'm going to read that shit. I can't say we didn't try. (laughs) 
So, what's a podcast audience like you doing at this kind of a truck stop all naked except for your cowboy boots and hat? Hello and welcome. I am your host, Kyan Chris Conroy, and you are listening to Technical Difficulties, my humble comedy podcast. I hope people didn't get too confused last week when I did those multiple postings. I know I sure did, because after I posted that little after thing saying that, uh, that I had misposted, I wound up skewing my numbers so badly I can't tell who's listening anymore. Anyway, that doesn't matter. I'm flying solo this week, and uh, I hope you enjoy the show. It's uh, kicking off now, and I got a bunch of stuff to show you, and uh, we're just going to get straight to it. So, on with the show. This week's episode of Technical Difficulties is brought to you by Podseek, the podcast about podcasts. Yes, if you're looking for interesting technical podcasts, this is the podcast for you. That's Podseek. And also brought to you by PodTech, the podcast about podcasting. Yes, if you need to know anything about podcasting, this is the podcast for you, just like all the other technical podcasts about podcasting. And also brought to you by PodSeek Tech, the podcast about podcasting podcasts. So if you need to know a list of podcasting podcasts about podcasting, this is the technical podcast for those podcasters looking for podcasting podcasts. And also brought to you by Gourmandorama the podcast for people who love to eat and love to cook. And here's Matt Brinkter, who's the host of that show, to tell us what's on the show this week. Take it away, Matt. Thanks, Kyan. This week on the show, we're going to do an old-fashioned barbecue grilling. We're going to be grilling up steaks and vegetables and show you how to do that with just a little olive oil and salt and pepper. And then, just for fun, I'm going to throw in a handful of pine nuts just to see what happens. And in this week's financial news, the Dow Jones Industrial Average plummeted nearly 400 points when a podcaster from Illinois added pine nuts to his grilling technique. I am so sorry. I had no idea that would happen. I was, I was just trying to make the food tasty. And that concludes our news broadcast for this evening. And now, Insight. Technical Difficulties presents Insight, a program that delves into the deeper issues of the past, the present, and possibly even the future. With your host, Billings Jackson. Good evening. This week's insight deals with a rising tide of violence among Britain's young men. They're known as hooligans. They range in age from their mid-teens to their mid-to-late thirties, usually middle to lower income and possibly even unemployed. They congregate in groups called clubs and are known for their distinctive scarves or jackets. And while they consider themselves enthusiasts, they're most notoriously known for taking what is supposed to be a social event and turning it into an excuse for mayhem. In a bar on the Lower East Side of Manhattan, I spoke to one such enthusiast who was visiting from London. His name is Trevor Stidwell. not really how it goes, you know, I mean, it's not really like, you know, I mean, when you get right down to it, it's not like we go out that night, you know, like looking to like start trouble, you know, but um, you're out there with your mates. Uh, maybe you've had a particularly good night. Maybe your side's done quite poorly for itself. You know, you've had a few pints. And, uh, you know, uh, enthusiasm's running a bit high, you know. can be kind of tense. And sometimes uh, things get a little out of hand, you know. Trevor Stidwell is a hooligan. A Dungeons & Dragons hooligan. Yeah, I mean, like, there's some nights where, you know, you'll just be rolling 20s all night long, you know, in that high-level beholder you've, that's been terrorising the local village, you know. You just come right in there and just take him right down. And you've got other nights where your saving throws are completely for crap, you know, and you won't get that those experience points you thought you deserved, you know. Either way, uh, when, you're done, you, when you're done with that, you know, you've got, you've got to let that off somehow, you know. And you, we do it, we go down to the pub, we have a few, like I said, and... Uh, 
things can get out of hand and they can get a little, uh, a little it's never intentional, but that's the way it works out. At 33, Trevor is considered a bit old for hooliganism, and while his age is not unknown, he is very classically considered to not have outgrown his passion. Uh, he's considered part of the hooliganism's old guard, as it were. You know, you know, I'm down at the pub with like my party, you know, and a lot of these, a lot of these lads are like, you know, 20 years younger than me, some of them, you know, and uh, they're like, who's that? You know, is that geezer over there? With, you know, what is he doing that for? Why is he like, wasting his time? Why is he outgrown that? Well, you know what? I've been there a long time, and this is my life. I mean, I've been there from beginning, first edition, basic, expert set, second edition, you know, Planescape, Forgotten Realms, and right on up through uh, 3 and 3.5, you know, and this is my life, and I don't care what people say about me, about how old I am, and if uh, if they don't like it, they can just uh, they can just meet me up front, <laughs> you know what I mean? With regards to violence, I mean, is uh, is it always usually just, you know, sort of hand-to-hand combat? No, I mean, I'm a, I'm a ranger, so I've got, like, arrows, you know, and, like, a knife and a uh, short sword. And uh, I meant in real life. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant, you know, oh, it's like my other life, you know what I mean? I mean, I don't really draw too much of a distinction. But, yeah, you know, it's mostly, mostly fists, you know, mostly gentlemen's type rule fists. Although, you know, it's not uncommon that I've been known to carry around, like, a... A sack filled with uh, polyhedronal dice that I might have to twat somebody in the mush with. Setting aside for a moment the sort of people that Trevor likes to twat in the mush, we decided to contact the British authorities and see if they could offer any more information about this rising trend in young male violence in Britain. We were put in contact with Detective Inspector James Patterson, head of Her Majesty's Royal Games Investigation Division, who conveniently just happened to be in the same bar. Detective Inspector, would you say this sort of recreationally inspired violence is a, is a new trend? Oh, good heavens no. Good heavens no. Good heavens no. No, 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 no. What you have to remember is that there is not one simple group among this. This has been a long-standing tradition for the last 30 years, at least among these tabletop RPGing hooligans. And uh, the media has a tendency to focus on groups that play Dungeons & Dragons, but there are several other splinter groups, Call of Cthulhu, GURPS, Warhammer, 40K, I mean, all of them. They, they all have varying degrees of violence associated with them. They're long-standing with a problem. But England has a, had a very, very rich tradition of recreational game-inspired violence. I mean, for example, there was an almost institutionalized level of domestic violence associated with Trivial Pursuit in the 1980s. Uh, during the 1960s and early 70s, as just as you had the... In the 60s, well, in the mid-60s, you had the mods and the rockers, you had the old maid versus the happy families players, and all of this stems back to probably the very notorious 1935 Monopoly riots. So you don't see this as something insidious or new. Oh, good lord, no, no, no. Here in the UK, we've come to expect a certain number of casualties associated with games, but uh, in the end, it's all good, clean fun. Not everyone agrees with the detective inspector's assessment. Here in the United States of America, there's been a long-standing pitched battle by religious authorities against such games as Dungeons & Dragons. One such organization is Agape Home Invasion Ministries from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Here is its founder, Peter Rodriguez. I think there's a big distinction between uh, between normal family games and games such as Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, we're all we're all a kind of accustomed to the sort of inadvertent mayhem and death that might be associated with players of Boggle or perhaps Hungry Hungry Hippos. But I think it's that Dungeons and Dragons has a particularly dark theme to it. It has a very occultic nature, which is very contrary to the American way of uh, of Christianity. And uh, I, I think uh, this occultic nature is what what spawns the sheer level, the level of evil, 
and violence associated with this game and its players. Could you uh, give me an example of that, please? Certainly. Every year for the past 20 years, we have tracked the social trends associated with Dungeons & Dragons, and we've discovered that there are over 250,000 assaults, rapes, murders, suicides, and human sacrifices associated with the players of this game. 250,000. Yes, the bulk of which would be classified as ritual murder. Now, that's kind of a new statistic to me. How come I have never heard it before? That is the direct result of the Satanists who control our media. Could this possibly be true? Could an appalling amount of death and mayhem associated with a game be covered up by a seemingly unstoppable worldwide satanic government that controls our media? We decided to ask Jeffrey Belasco, head of the Satanic Broadcasters Consortium. Yes, it's all true, every word of it. The attacks, the murders, the suicides, and and the the ritual sacrifices? Oh, yes, the numbers reported by the good minister, and many, many more that that probably don't go reported. No, no, no. Satan's been using a tool uh, such as Dungeons & Dragons to recruit people for a good 30 years now, but there's been plenty of others, rock and roll, and and various Illuminati-type groups. So we've had our our finger in these pies for a very long time now, and there are literally tens to hundreds of thousands of, of ritual murders every single month. A story like that seems to have uh, kind of slipped under the radar, wouldn't you say? Well, it would have until about six months ago, which is when we decided to implement our brand new open-door Satanism policy. Yes, I've seen some of the campaign. Yes, well, the original campaign that we used to have used to show a Satanist as someone with a hooded cloak and a bloody dagger and and cries of Dominus Satanus and Hail Satan. The new campaign shows us as just basic average folk and our our new slogan of Hey Ya Satan, it's it's been exceedingly popular. So it's sort of a public relations approach to worshipping the yeah, yes, it's very effective, and we just decided to sort of lay our plans out on the table where everyone could see it. That way, you know, people would understand that we are A, completely black-heartedly evil, and B, totally in control, but that doesn't have to ruin your life. In fact, you can turn this very much to your advantage if you know how to work it. The question remains, though, how does this sort of information affect the garden variety gamer? What's their attitude, and do they realize just how deeply they are into the occult by playing games such as D&D? We asked 17-year-old Jason Spatz of Keener's Point, Michigan, an avid D&D player, what he thought of all of this and how it affected his life. Well, before we used to just play, you know, in my room. We'd just sit around and eat Cheetos and just play in my room. The way it's affected me now that I know the truth about D&D is that we have a satanic altar that we built in the basement, and we always make sure to sacrifice a virgin before each game, and then we play with our miniatures inside their flayed entrails pretty much the same as before as far as the smell goes. And what do their parents think of this? Well, as Jason's mother, I think it's fine. I'm glad he's using his imagination. And I'm I'm really happy because before I was worried that he would be out on the street with the wrong crowd and he would end up doing drugs and getting in fights and possibly committing rapes and murders and and ritually sacrificing people to the archfiend. And now that he's taken up D&D, he does all those things inside the house where I know where he is. I would say Mrs. Spatz's attitude is pretty common among the parents we see contacting our Satanic Youth Foundation. It's, it's very much a, a positive shift, I think, in our society. So you would consider that to be something somewhat more of a more liberal approach to Satanism? I would say it's a far more conservative approach to Satanism, quite frankly. We've mainstreamed it. It's become a middle America sort of thing. And now that we have Karl Rove as our main spokesman, I think things are going to go very well. You're going to see big things for the devil and for D&D over the next few years. The question still remains, how does this new socially acceptable form of Satanism that has been embraced by the Republicans in our government sit with people like Pastor Rodriguez? Well, we believe that the president and his administration have been selected by the Lord Jesus Christ to lead this country and the free world. So we continue to support him in all his endeavors 
uh, throughout his presidency and continue to pray for him, in spite of the fact that he's still supporting a satanic agenda. Uh, well, uh, you must understand that in spite of the fact that the president seems to have thrown in his, his lot in with Abaddon, uh, that he uh, claims that he is a born-again Christian, and uh, apart from his uh, actions, words, uh, deeds, uh, fruit of the Spirit, uh, attitudes, and uh, policies that he supports, we have seen absolutely nothing to contradict that view. But where do all these attitudes leave Trevor Stidwell and his unique style of support for Dungeons & Dragons over in London? Well, Americans have always been a little, you know, God-crazy, you know, and I'm not like that. I mean, I don't do this for the gods, I don't do this for the religion or, or any of that stuff, I, I do this for the game. And uh, the fact that it gives me an excuse to, to beat the crap out of people I don't like. I suppose we have that in common with the American religious then, don't we? For Insight, I'm Billings Jackson. Good night. A bloody brass handle. A secret passage in a building with no doors. Darkness. A shadowy figure. A gunshot. The searing pain as a bullet rips through my chest. Being molested by a cartoon hippopotamus in slinky lingerie. Those are the last things I remember. But it's all coming back to me as I wake up in a hospital bed. There's a doctor hovering over me right now. And he looks about as perplexed as I feel. But that's okay. In my line of work, for every answer... Is a hundred thousand questions. Pardon me for asking you, sir, but as your doctor, I must know, why is it that your hospital bed has been moved out into the rain? See what I mean? But you get used to it, especially if you're a detective on the cop beat. Culled from the files of the L.A. Police Department, and they rewritten as radio dramas by complete lunatics, we present Cop Beat. My name is Frank Melman, working L.A. Homicide Division. I was investigating the death of a very famous art collector when I took a few bullets. After a quick scolding, I was made to give them back. And then during the investigation, I got shot. It wouldn't be the first time in my career. It probably wouldn't be the last time either. No matter how hard I keep hoping and trying and to avoid the shots, it's never the last time. I hate that. You're a very lucky man to be alive, detective. You're a very, very silly, irresponsible person. You should be wearing a bulletproof vest if you're going to be investigating the men with the bad, nasty men with the guns. I was wearing a bulletproof vest, doctor. Yes, but you were supposed to wear it in the orthodox manner around your chest, you silly man, not around your waist, like a kilt. Are you a member of the King's Guard? I do not think so. You are a Los Angeles detective. Stop wearing it like a kilt and wear it properly, silly man, you. So, what are you going to do about the slugs in my chest, doc? Not to worry about that. We have left a very large bowl of beer right next to your bed. The slugs will smell it, crawl out of your chest, fall into it, and drown. Good deal. What about the bullet? Well, you got rid of the bullet about two days ago when you came in here first, carrying in here bleeding with the blood pouring all over the floor, and if you notice very closely and look at this bullet, you will see that there is a message tied to it. Where? It's attached to the pigeon's leg, which is also happens to be tied to the bullet. You had to remove an entire pigeon from my chest? Yes, and it was not the first time I've had to do that from a police officer, and it probably won't be the last. How I hate that. It's addressed to Frank Millman, huh? I guess this is for me. Or it would be a staggering coincidence. If you don't mind, I'd like to read this in private now, Dr. Covington. Not at all, I do not mind. I'm going down the hall to annoy other patients of mine with my obviously fake Indian accent. Go ahead and read your message, but in the meantime, do not allow your rolly bed to be pushed out into the rain and getting all wet and rusty and you with the soaking in an ammonia, you silly, silly man, you. All right, let's have a look at this. Dear Melman, hope you liked how I got you your little message. Heh, <laughs> heh, I enjoy playing mailman. 
just the kind of sick bastard I'm always dealing with. If you want to know who killed the art collector, meet me on the Malibu Pier, Wednesday morning, 1 a.m., come alone. Signed, Concerned and Anonymous. Wednesday morning? Well, crap, that was three days ago. All right. So you'll have to write a reply to this. Let's see, where's my pen? Dear C and A, got your message, was promptly delivered, and extremely painful. Thank you. Uh, I am terribly sorry, but due to method of delivery, was unable to meet you on Malibu Pier. Please reschedule. Signed, Frank Melman. P.S. In the future, please feel free to use my Gmail account if you want to contact me. All right, just fold that up there. And off it goes. Right out the window. Okay, now I just gotta sit and wait for a reply. Oh, that was quick. All right, let's see, let's have a look at this one. Dear Melman, understandable about your tardiness. Didn't wait long, don't worry about it. In the future, I will use your Gmail account. Good for him. All right, let's see. If you want to know who killed the art collector, meet me over at the Hollywood sign at 3 a.m. next Friday. Come alone. P.S. Please bring beer or snacks to share. Okay, that's good. All right, well, at least I know where I stand. What the? Let me see this. Dear Melman, sorry to contact you again, but it appears my mail may have been infected with a virus. Oh, no. Oh, let me have a look at this. Dear Frank, regarding your mortgage request, a new credit line, bigger penis. Oh, damn it, I hate spam. Detective Melman, if you would please be so kind as to not do your correspondence while the other patients are trying to sleep, you nutty man. Sorry, Dr. Covington. All right. Now, if anyone wants me, I'll be down in the emergency room getting this ad for cheap Rolexes dug out of my shoulder. Well, I wasn't any closer to solving this mystery, but at least I had a lead. As soon as I got out of the hospital, it was time to head over to the Hollywood sign. The rain had finally let up. Maybe for once in my life I was going to catch a break instead of a piece of lead. We'll find out. Next time on Cop Beat. Don't come any closer, Melman. What's with the gun? I hope you didn't call me all the way up here to the sign just to shoot me. No, no, it's just a PayPal request. Hold on. Just won an eBay bid. Oh, good for you. And that, my friends, is the end of the program. You have been listening to Technical Difficulties, and I have been your host, Kai and Chris Conroy. There's going to be a little change to Technical Difficulties starting next week. That would be the week of seven days, so now it would be the 14th. Technical Difficulties is going to be posted on the 15th. I've decided to move this show back to Thursdays instead of Wednesdays. I hope that doesn't affect anybody in any way. I don't see how it possibly could, but what are you going to do? You know, I know a lot of people have, have sent me emails saying they really look forward to the show on Wednesday. I may be pushing it back 
further from Thursday to Friday, but we'll see what happens. It just turns out that doing the show on Wednesday doesn't leave me really enough time to really take the show where I want to. What I end up doing is I end up doing the show, posting it on Wednesday, and then on Thursday I would post the video for Channel Surfing Wipeout. ChanSurfWipe.Libsyn.com Please go there. That's our video show. But uh, I would go Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday to do the podcast. And then on um, Thursday, I do the video. And then Friday, I take some time off because that just gives me time to let my brain cool down. And then over the weekend, my wife is, you know, has off from work. And we, uh, we get you know, any sort of uh, recreational work done and, uh, and any, uh, you know, any errands or whatever. And then Monday, I'm back to the grind. And I only have three days. And I realized I'd really rather have more time to kind of craft the show. Plus, I'm trying to expand the show out. I've decided the little debacle I did last week where I posted kind of the announcement uh, about what happened in the previous week really threw everybody off, I think. I was checking my numbers online, and it just seems like everybody got confused. Like, the, the announcement got the most hits, and anybody who was tuning in for the first time you know, might see that announcement, like, what the hell is this thing? It was just it was very confusing, and I always wanted to try and... I kept saying over the past few weeks that if you subscribe to the show, I would kind of, like, randomly drop little bits of video every once in a while or audio or whatever. And I may still do the video bit, but the random audio shows just seem almost to be confusing to the audience. I just worry that people would tune in, get that for their first show and, and be like, I don't, this doesn't really represent the entire series as a whole. So after a little discussion with Susan, my wife, we uh, came to the conclusion that probably the best thing for me to do is just to include all of the things in a weekly show. And put, by pushing it back further in the week, that gives me more time to kind of craft the show. And it gives me a little more freedom to do other stuff. So it may be more like a variety show in the future. I may be doing a couple of little short interviews and, and uh, maybe posting some more of the experimental stuff. If you saw in the early episode, I did uh, some of the early episodes, I did some more. It's almost a dramatic piece that was kind of uh, like a dark science fiction comedy piece or something. I liked doing that and I wanted to do more. I wanted to do some serialized work. I wanted to play some pod safe music. I wanted to play some of my own music. But the emphasis will be on comedy. That won't be changing. So guaranteed the first 15 to 20 minutes of the show will be comedy oriented. Or at least 15, you know, at least a good half of the show will be comedy. And the show may turn out to be a little bit longer. That's something I'd like to hear back, you know, a little feedback from people if you can. If you can contact me at techdiff uh, at tcinternet.net. Techdiff at tcinternet.net. Um, the... Um, the show is approximately 15 to 20 minutes, and some people like that length, and I kind of like that length, but I'd like to see more stuff added, which is why I'm going to kind of front-load it with the comedy. If you don't want to hear the rest of the stuff, feel free to skip it. But I just thought this would be a fun thing to do, and uh, plus, you know, I'm going to post it once a week, and you've got a week between shows, so it's not like Daily Source Code, where if you fall behind two days, you're, you're basically screwed, and you've got all this stuff to listen to. Um, but I, I can see this show is probably going to be pretty long as it is, since I'm blathering away at the end. Like a fool. Anyway, uh, as usual, plugs. Uh, Uncomfortable questions. Uncomfortable questions is my wife's podcast. That is SueGrandies.Libson.com, an interview podcast. Uh, that's going quite well. Please listen to that. That's a very, very interesting show where Sue asks the interesting, huge questions that you wouldn't normally ask a normal person, and asks that of normal people. Um, there's Chan- Channel Surfing Wipeout or ChanSurfWipe.Libson.com. That is our public access TV show's best of video, and there'll be some new material for that coming up very, well, very soon I should be posting some new material. Mostly I'm just going to cull through the old material. We're having a little logistical problem in getting the video finished off. Um, also, NoseWaterTokyo.com. That is my friend Dave Gatchel, and uh, he's the guy who sends me the Kenji stuff, and we'll be getting some more Kenji stuff soon, I hope, from Japan. That is he and his wife's online store from uh, that... Uh, 
that uh, sells really, really cool Japanese gifts. And if you head over to the show page, I've got finally figured out how to get the links working and all be stuff you can go, you know, techdiff.com, T-E-K-D-I-F-F.com. Drop in there once in a while. I'm dropping some of my cartoons on there. I, I am a cartoonist, by the way. And uh, among other things. And the uh, it'll just there'll be just more and more stuff. So uh, keep it open. And uh, like I said, I'll try and do the weekly thing. And uh, I hope you guys like that. Please give me some feedback. I'm going to start doing that next Thursday. So for those of you out there who don't subscribe, but go and check the list. Make sure to check next Thursday afternoon or evening for the new material. And the video will be posted on Friday from this point forward on Channel Surfing Wipeout. And as I said, there's, there's, there may be random things in between there, but I'd really like to kind of fit it all in the one RSS feed once a week just to, to, do, it, to do it that way. And uh, if that doesn't work out, then we'll work out something else. But that's where, the way I see the show going for now. And as a quick plug, of course, I always recommend that you go over to strangebrainradio.com. Rusty Bender at Strange Brain Radio has done a great job of supporting my show. Thank you once again, Rusty. And do yourself a favor and check out some of the podcasts over at podcastmn.com. That's where I'm listed with all the podcast Minnesota podcasters, and some of them are quite interesting. Wanda Wisdom. Listen to LuckyBitchRadio.com. Also very fun. Anyway, I've taken up entirely too much of your free time here. So please tune in again next week, and uh, I'll be back with new material on Thursday. Thursday it is from this point forward. Thank you, and good night. So, do you have children, or are you just a child at heart? In which case, Saturday Story Circle might be a good place to kickstart your weekend. Because we have the very best of family-friendly audio, which is all rated G for great. Join us on the main Mutual Audio Network feed, or you can find us at the Saturday Story Circle wherever you get your podcasts. The Mutual Audio Drama Network, where we listen and imagine together.